0: thank you well we're coming to the close of something old and starting something brand new I hope everybody had a good Christmas turn around look at your neighbor and say merry belated Christmas (laughs) and an early Happy New Year I want to speak to you for just a little while this morning on what i believe uh god is saying to the church and where we're going i want to preach this message to you and the title of it is i'm dying to live would you say that with me i'm dying to live before we get started i was reading a story about a man this happened in the early 90s his name was ellis he was in his 60s and he had agreed to go with his son-in-law pat out to los angeles to take his boy out there that was going to take a shot at an acting career and ellis was a homeboy he didn't really want to get out of town but he agreed to go and the idea was they were going to drive straight to los angeles spend the night and come right back home well they took off and when they got out there the, big city was a little bit too much for Ellis and he decided we ain't staying the night here and so they started back home with the intent to drive all the way back through but their eyelids started getting tired and along about five o'clock they'd had enough and they'd made Arizona and they were looking for a place to stay and they found a hotel with an adjacent diner and they pulled in there and went in and got a room had two beds and they settled in and walked over made a phone call to his wife and told her that they were going to spend the night and then get up and leave early the next morning and they walked over to the diner and decided to have breakfast for supper anybody ever do that so they sat and they ate and after they got done eating well they got cleaned up they got ready for bed and by the time they got tucked in, it was 630 and they were out like a light. I mean, just gone. 30 minutes later, <clears throat> Pat rolled over and saw the digital clock and it said seven and he mistook it for a.m. instead of p.m. He jumped up, and woke Ellis up and said, come on, it's time to go. Ellis rolled out of bed and talked about how short the night was and got dressed and they checked out of the hotel and decided it'd probably be a good thing to eat before they left so they went back to the same diner, sat at the same table, was waited on by the same waitress and ordered the same breakfast they had just an hour ago. Nobody thought to ask. They they didn't think to ask her why she was still on duty. And she didn't think to ask them, what are you doing here eating the same thing you ate an hour ago? And so they had their breakfast. And by the time they got done at 8 p.m., which in their mind was a.m., they were on the road and headed to Tulsa. So they started driving. They began to comment to one another that it looked like the sky was getting darker instead of brighter. And by nine o'clock, they were in a panic. The sky was dark. The, the stars were out. They whipped off the side of the road and both Pat and Ellis were spooked. And he called his wife and said, honey, get your stuff ready. It's the end of the world. The battle of Armageddon's about to begin. This is a true story, by the way. So the battle of Armageddon is about to begin. She said, What are you, why are you calling me? You, you just called me three hours ago and said you were spending the night. What are you doing back on the road again? And then all of a sudden he realized what had happened. And everything that took place took place because someone didn't know what time it really was. I want to ask you a question this morning, do you really know what time it is? Do you really understand where we're at? Do you understand what's happening and, and the part that we play in it? And, or are we misinterpreting the sky? And When we think it ought to be one way, we perceive it another. And, And then we end up in a panic because we don't understand who's in control. The new year's about to dawn and with it, we anticipate the awakening. The old saying is the, you know, we ring the old year out and welcome the new year. in. as a matter of fact, the symbolism for the old and the new year, do you ever think about it? Symbolism is what for the old year, it's father time. He's a man that's depicted with a sickle in his hand, a long beard, and an hourglass carrying it. And he's on his way out. But there's a new baby about to be born. And so baby New Year is depicted with a black top hat and usually a banner across his chest and a diaper with the year that's about to dawn. And so we're excited about the new that's coming, but before the new can come, you have to let go of the old. So if you'd let me say it this way, the, the scripture talks about it kind of like this. It talks about that when you put a seed in the ground, it's got to die before it can live. So... Death has to come before you can experience life and I'm dying to live. I was studying about that they say, and you women can testify to this, they say that giving birth to a child is the closest you come to death. And that used to be more literal than just a figure of speech. In the late 1600s, the early 1700s in the nation of England, the mortality rate for mothers was for every 100,000 births, 1,200 mothers died. And yet for the child, it was even higher. For every 100,000 births, 12,000 children died before they saw their first birthday. Death was always there trying to grab hold of what was being anticipated. You say, well, pastor, what's that got to do with us? I just want to remind you that this born again experience we talk about, someone had to die for us to have it. This isn't just something off the cuff. This isn't just a Sunday morning gathering or a get together of friends or, or, or just close relations. This is about the fact that someone died so I could live. Uh, that what happened inside of me uh, was a transformation and I'm dying to live in that. And so the scripture tells us, and Ephesians 4:17 starting with verse 17 Paul writes to us and he says with the Lord's authority I say this live no longer as the Gentiles do for they are hopelessly confused their minds are full of darkness they wander far from the life God gives because they've closed their minds and hardened their hearts against him They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. We live in a culture that in this day and hour has tried to shame Christians. And and, and, and we've been fed the line that, well, you're not tolerant. God is not tolerant of sin, but he is in love with us. And so when we begin to look at sin the way God looks at sin, and I was sharing with someone, or not sharing, but talking to someone that had a dream in the congregation, and as I pondered the dream and I was thinking about it, and I began to ask God what this was, and all of a sudden I, I begin to see everything coming into view and I begin to see it come into focus about you've got to let go of the past. You you have to turn, the, the word repent, when we repent, that literally means to turn away from, to to turn your back on and so you can't let the past keep trying to drag you back. There are friends that aren't interested, friends that you have that are not interested in living for God and they don't want you to live for God either. You got to make up your mind in this new year that i I am letting go of the past and I am going to embrace what God has promised me. Amen. This isn't a so that this is not the Boy Scouts. Do you understand what time it is? Do you understand where we're at and that each day we're on the brink of eternity? And if you don't believe that, just read the obituary column. Somebody went into it. And you don't have anything to fear from death if you've embraced the giver of life. Everybody say it with me one more time, I'm dying to live. Paul finishes up in Ephesians, but that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you've heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off. Everybody say throw off. Say it this way, let it die. So he says, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes, put on your new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy, and do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own. Now get this, guaranteeing that you'll be saved on the day of redemption. (laughs) <laughs> when you buy something, what do you always want to know about before you buy it? You want to know the guarantee. What's the guarantee? What's the warranty? What, what do you guarantee this product will do? The reason I've still got that 2007 Chrysler 300 with over 309,000 miles on it is because of the guarantee I got at the beginning they guaranteed it for 999,999 miles. And I decided to find out if I could squeeze every one of them out of it. (laughs) Now I understand it, and I've had to go in and I've had to exercise my rights on that guarantee. I've had to go in and have them replace some things in the transmission, I had to get them to do some work in the suspension and, and every time they see me coming, they say, you're not the one we were hoping would buy this product. What they were hoping is someone would get a hold of it that didn't care anything about it so they'd turn it loose before they ever had to cash in on it. Hear what I'm saying. Uh, My salvation uh, means something to me. I'm not letting go of it. I'm going to cash in on it. I got a guarantee uh, that one of these days uh, I'm going to split the sky. It's my guarantee. And as long as I hold on to it, I've got a right to exercise it. Somebody say, exercise it. What's your New Year's resolution? Exercise. I'm going to exercise it. By the end of 2019, I want there to be less of me and more of him. Amen. 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 Are you with me on that? I, I want less of me and more of him. I know some of you shout, amen, pastor. I want less of you, too. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about? Dying to live. Paul tells us in Romans 12, and so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he's done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice the kind he'll find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Don't let God transform you into a new person. I'm sorry. (laughs) Isn't it amazing? One word and you can mess everything up. That's what Satan did to Eve. You will not surely die. See what happened when I put the word knot in there, it changed the whole meaning of it. You've got to grab hold of what he said and understand what he said and quit letting people around you put knots in your promise. amen matter of fact, turn around and look at somebody and say, I am not a knothead. I'm not going to let any knots get in my head. I, I, I'm, I am not going to be a knothead when it comes to the promise of God. I, I'm going to stand on it and, and what he said about it and, and lay hold to it. So he says, this is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and perfect and pleasing. What's he saying? He's saying, look, after everything he did for you, don't you think it's time that you just let him have all of you? Amen. 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 Okay, let me put it in terms you can understand. I'm going to get a little... Let me get straight with you. Okay, come here, babe. So, it's our wedding night. I come out of the room smelling good. I'm anticipating our coming together. And when she comes out, she comes out with burlap (laughs) tied down at every sleeve and cuff and says, don't touch me. You can kiss me right here. That's the only place. When I took you to be my lawfully wedded wife... I wasn't focused on just this part of your lip. <laughs> I want all of you. Amen. Are, are you with me? Amen. I want all of you. Do you understand what God must feel like when we're telling him, just kiss me right there, God?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Don't mess with this part of my life. Don't get into this place of my life, because that's, you know, I, 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 I got too much stuff going on. I don't want you coming in and messing around there. God is either number one or he's not there at all. Amen. He said, I'm a jealous God. Amen. A jealous God. You know, how many of you've ever don't, don't raise your hand on this? But how many of you've ever been jealous before? Do you ever go ahead and raise your hand? How many of you have ever been jealous before? I'm talking about you ever felt jealous. I had. I we were at a camp meeting, and I found out this is we, we weren't married yet, and I I pulled up this camp meeting and I found out some good Christian boy was doing some type of a card trick with Debbie trying to show her that he was supposed to be for her or that she was supposed to be for him and not for me. I drove up and she shared this with me and that good Christian boy was walking up the road. And I opened up the door and I was going to exercise the promise in the book of Nehemiah. I'm gonna lay hands on you and Debbie grabbed me Debbie grabbed the door and she said don't you do it don't you do it don't you do it and that 118 pound strong woman (laughs) kept that 175 pound and that's been a long time ago man from Making a horrible mistake. Thank you, babe. You see, God gave us our emotions so we could experience life. He did not give them to us to control our lives. But sometimes that's exactly what emotions do, is they control you. Jealousy, anger, rage, and you say, well, you know, that's not a God. He said, I am a jealous God. Amen. Amen. Jealousy serves a purpose. It's when jealousy gets out of bounds that it becomes as cruel as the grave. It was good for me. I mean, think about it. What if she told me that? And I'd said, Well, maybe he's right. No jealousy, no, don't would you want a God that didn't care? Whether you made it to heaven or not? No. Amen. Do you want to serve a God that doesn't care whether or not He keeps His word to you or not? No, because what you feel like is he doesn't care about me. He's not invested in me. Now hear what I'm going to tell you. Don't you understand that God feels the same way about you? God wants someone that says, I love you and I want to serve you not because I'm afraid, but because I'm in love. I want to do for you not because I'm afraid, but because I'm in love. He said, but the beginning of fear. Or the beginning of wisdom is to fear the Lord, that's to have reverence. Not to be afraid of God like he's going to harm you and hurt you, but to have such a reverence and a respect for him, like Sarah had for Abraham when she called him Lord. I'm dying to live. There's more to God than any of us are experiencing. Now think about it. I mean, when we got to the moon, we thought we'd accomplished something, right? Apparently you haven't made the trip. (laughs) We were all there, weren't we? Well, not all of us, but those that were alive remember the day that it was one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. And we took great joy and great honor in getting there, I think about what God wants for us. About how He wants to work through our lives and in our lives. And for Him, it's a small thing to move us from a place that binds us with gravity to a place where we can flow freely in his spirit Amen. it's a small step for God but a giant leap for us the question is are you ready to make the leap turn around and look at your neighbor and say leap for it some of you are looking at me like I just fell off of a lily pad someplace let's try it one more time leap for it See, what it comes down to is at the the end of the day, it's not about my relationship with God. It's about yours. It's not about how close I am to God. It's about how close you are. Because when I stand before God, and now think about this, when I stand before God, I'm not just going to have to give an account for me. I got to give an account for you but the account I give for you isn't the choices you've made it's whether or not I gave you the right information to make those choices with it's not about how you chose it's about what you were given to choose with it's kind of like if you decide to go swimming and you fill your swimsuit with rocks you ever do that oh come on you know what I'm talking about? You'd be swimming around like if you're in a river or a creek. Now, those of you that only went to a public place, you I understand. But if, you, if you're out in a creek someplace and you start seeing rocks, and you know on, on the riverbed, and you say, "Oh, look at that!" and you start putting those rocks in your you never done that? Start putting your rocks into trunks, and all of a sudden you're swimming along, and you think, "Whoa, what's going on here?" <laughs> you're, you're, you're trying to you're trying to you're trying to hang on to something. Now you're struggling to keep something on because you picked up something you should not let go. Amen. Now, I didn't even have that in my notes, folks. <laughs> you hear what I'm saying? We struggle with our walk with God hanging on to him because we're not letting go of things he's told us to let go of. Amen. Why would you put rocks in your trunks? Why would why why would you put why would you chain yourself with burdens and, and that that you need to let go of? Turn around, and look at your neighbor, and say, let it, go. "Let it go." Second Corinthians five and seventeen, my last verse. Therefore, if any man be in Christ. Now understand this, this is in my notes. Before Kat got up here and said anything, this was in my notes. Before Debbie picked that song out, well, actually, she picked that song out last week. I didn't even know what song she had. But this was in my notes. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, All things are become new. Everybody say a new creature. I want you to understand this. He took on our flesh and made it new in Himself. Are are you with me? Hang here with me for a second because I want you to get this. He took on our flesh and He made it new in Himself that we might be made new in Him. He hollowed our humanity and carried it up into the presence of his father, up into the presence of God as the first fruits of a new creation. You remember what he told Mary? Don't touch me. I've not yet ascended to my father. What's he doing? He's carrying it up there. And we are made new creatures through him by the same power which he was made man. Hang here with me. The same power that caused Christ to become man is the same power that causes us to become a son of God. Are you with me? Listen to what the angel told Mary the Holy Because Mary said how's this going to happen He said the Holy Spirit will come upon you And the power of the Most High will overshadow you So the baby born to you will be holy And will be called the Son of God That's why Jesus said you got to be born again I'm going to do something in you That you cannot do for yourself The Holy Spirit's going to overshadow you and the power of the Almighty is going to come upon you, uh, and it's going to transform you uh, and make you a new creature. Amen. Old things are passed away. All things become new in him. I don't, old things are passed away. I I don't think the same way. I don't walk the same way. I don't talk the same way. I wish I could play the guitar and then sing because if i could i remember a song when i was a kid it said don't look for me to be just like i used to be there's been a change in me i found a better way oh i might not walk so proud and i might not boast so loud but i'm bound for heaven now i found a better way aren't you glad that you found a better way Aren't you glad that when you felt like it was over, he reached down and picked Amen. you up and said, ho, 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 I made you. You're the sheep of my pastor. It's he that has made us and not we ourselves. Amen. So don't be talking about my creation like that. See, you thought you was just talking about yourself, but you're talking about his creation. Then don't don't talk about what I made like that because I don't make mistakes. Old things are passed away. All things. Everybody say all things. All things things are become what? New. New views of God and of Jesus. I, I see him brand new. When this transformation happened, I saw God in a new way. I saw the world new. I saw heaven new. Heaven used to just be about a place with a bunch of clouds where everybody's floating around, you know, and there's a little baby angel with a dart gun. I didn't know. But it became new to me, it became real to me. New views of truth and of service and duty. New, the Bible's the same book. And even though you may have read it before, when that happened, it became brand new. It was like, it, it was like when I opened it up and started reading after that transformation, it was new to me. Amen. I saw things I never saw before. It, it became so real to me, even nature began to seem change. The hills and the meadows, the valleys and the trees, they, they have a new beauty. The sun, the moon, and the stars, they, they were, all seemed to declare the glory of God because I was seen through different eyes. How many of you have ever had cataracts taken off? Wave your hand if you've ever had a cataract. I don't know this because I, I haven't gone through it, but they tell me that the cataract clouds the vision And then they do a surgery, and what happens is in the midst of the surgery, it clears up your vision. It doesn't do anything to the objects you were looking at. It just allows you to see them clearly. Do you understand? God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He said, I'm God, and I change not. But when I said yes to him, the way I saw him changed. When he the Holy Spirit overshadowed me and the God began to work in me, I saw him new. There are even new feelings toward people. Aunt Harriet. Is there a Harriet in here? Is there really? Aunt Harriet. You can love again. There is a Harriet in here. I love you, Harriet, wherever you are. Are you Harriet, really? I thought you were Lois. You're Lois Harriet. I'm so glad she got saved after last week, aren't you? (laughs) Complete transformation. Stand up a minute, Lois. Complete transformation in this woman. She was so grouchy when she came in here last week. Today she got a big smile on her face. (laughs) It's new. It's new. If you weren't here last week, you're going to have to go to the video and watch the play. <laughs> it's new. It makes you love everybody. <laughs> everybody. Somebody say, I, isn't there a song about that? It makes you love everybody. Let me tell you this. The only power. Now, let me say it this way. Only the power that makes a world can make a Christian. Let me say it again, only the power that makes the world can make a Christian. I want you to watch this with me if you would, please.
2: Ephesians 2.10 says we are God's masterpiece. I don't know about you, but when I look in the mirror, I don't see a masterpiece, but I want to. So I go to God and I pray. Dear Heavenly Father, would you do whatever it takes to mold me into the image of your Son? Make me your masterpiece. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hi. Oh, who are you? I'm God. You said the prayer, so here I am. That's how it works. (laughs) You're not God. No, I am. Okay. uh, If you're God, what does Lamentations 15.9 say?
3: Lamentations is a very short book. It only has five chapters. Why is it so short? I was tired of lamenting.
2: You are God. What's that about?
3: These are the tools I'm going to use to make you into my original masterpiece. This is the process. I thought you were a carpenter. That's my son. Let's get busy. Okay. I'm going to bring up things in your life that don't belong in your life and uh, start right here. Your anger. Ow! I created the emotion but you use it in the wrongest of ways. You compare yourself to others instead of me and you lie. You tell little white lies. You're so afraid of confrontation. You're becoming a people pleaser.
2: Okay, time out. Um, I think you've done some really good work and I'm looking pretty good right now. When you look in the mirror, who do you see?
3: see me. Okay, then I need to keep chiseling away because ultimately you and other people need to see my son. Okay, but when
2: I look like Jesus, people get uncomfortable and I don't think I'm supposed to do that.
3: So what you're saying is you'd rather play God
2: in certain areas of your life than for me to be God over your whole life. No, what I'm saying is you've grown me to here. Maybe we take a break from each other for a while, all right, and then I'll stay here and then you come back and we can grow some more.
3: You never just take a break from me. You're either moving toward me or away from me, but you never just plateau. What you're doing is called control. Do you want to control things in your life, or can I chisel? Control, chisel, control, chisel. No, no, no,
2: chisel. All right, here we go. Can we chisel where I want? That's
3: called control. Okay, sorry. This right here, that secret sin, that thing that you run to whenever you're hurting, you're angry, you're lonely, you're tired. Do you want to keep rearranging this in your life, or do you want me to chisel it out? Chisel it. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. It's your whole life. This hurts, okay? I don't think you understand this pain. Don't talk to me about pain. I know all about pain. I sent my son to die on the cross for pain, for sin. But also did it for another reason, to give you freedom. Do you know what insanity is? Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting different results. And there are things that you are doing in your life that are insane. Allow me
2: to chisel them out of your life. I know. but. I've let you down so many times, God.
3: No, you were never holding me up.
2: Okay, then chisel away. But just be prepared for what you're going to find in there, because I know who's inside there. God, I get up every morning, and I hate what I see in the mirror, because inside is a scared, stupid kid, and I try. I try, but I can't. I can't be who everybody else expects me to be. God, I can't even be who I want to be, much less who you created me to be. So chisel away and just know what you're going to find in there.
3: You have listened to so many voices, so many critics for far too long that are not for me. And you've bought into the lie. You think you're junk, don't you? When you lay your head down at night, at the end of the day, you think you're junk. I don't take time to make junk. I want to show you something about my love reaching your back pocket.
2: Is a, it's a page from a notebook when I was in
3: college. How'd you get this? Hello. Oh, yeah. Go ahead and read it.
2: Dear God, did I hear you right? You said you want to use me, but I feel really useless. But if you can take this life, this mess of a life I have, and do with it what you want, I love you, God.
3: I love you too. And I love you too much just to leave you where you're at. It's going to be tough. Yes. But you bought into the lie thinking everything was going to be easy when you said yes to me. There will be trouble in this world. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. I want you to do something. I want you to look out there and I want you to say, Tommy is God's original masterpiece.
2: Tommy is God's? No,
3: not the way you see yourself. or you try so desperately for others to see you, maybe for the first time in your life, the way I made you, the way I created you.
2: Tommy is God's original masterpiece. Yes, you are. And so are you. You are an original masterpiece.
0: I'm dying to live. I have to let God chip away at things in me to reveal who He made me to be. Michelangelo's famous sculpture of David. They were talking to him about it, and they said, "How? how did you do that? How? How? how did, you, you, you know, you, you created that. How did you do it?" And he said, "No." He said, David was in there all the time. All I did was chip away the excess. He knows who he made you to be. His original masterpiece. A work of art, an original, not a copy. I have copies of some of Thomas Kincaid's paintings. Oh, they're beautiful. And I'm still awestruck by them when the light hits them. I've got one of a a church by a brook. I have one of a house at Christmas time, another of a wagon pulling or a carriage pulling people across a bridge at Christmas time. I've got one of a a house or a cabin at the foot of a mountain and it's majestic and, and Oh, the feeling I get when I look at them, but they're just copies. always wondered what it would be like to hold an original, to look at an original, to own an original. And I want you to hear me. You are an original. You need, you, you need to say, God, thank you for making me an original. This is what I'm going to ask you to do this morning. I'm going to ask all of you that will, that are saying, pastor, I want more of God. And I'm dying to live. I I want to see God work in my life like I've never seen it before. I want to reflect God like I've never reflected God before, I want you to come to the front with me right now and get ready for some chiseling. Would you do that? Just come real quick. No, I probably shouldn't have mentioned the chiseling. Just come up front. It's one thing that I found out with God. When you get real honest with God and real transparent with God. God will get real honest and transparent with you. And what God will do is God will begin to show you those things that need to be chiseled away. Now I want you to think about this because up here in that depiction, God's holding the chisel and he's the one doing the working, but you have to be willing to submit to the chisel. you remember what the boy said, or the young man said, he said, could could we do this just on parts I want you to do it on God's response is that's control look there are things that I'd like God to do for me I'd like him to make me a 32 waist there are some things I want God to do for me and I'm willing to submit that part of me but God's a all or nothing prospect. I shared with you when I was in Trinidad and I was talking to one of the men on my first trip. He was Hindu and so he worshiped several gods. And he looked at me and he said, I I pray to Jesus. And I looked at him and I said, Prim, how many, his name was Prim, I said, Prim, how many other gods do you pray to? And he was taken back a moment. And I said, let me ask you a question for him. I said, if your wife hugs you on Monday and says, I love you with all my heart. And on Tuesday, she's hugging another man. And on Wednesday, another man. And Thursday, another man. And that goes on all week long. I said, would you like that? And he got very angry. And he said, no, I would not like that. I had no clue at the time that that's exactly what was going on. They told me later, the people that were with me, their eyes got big and they looked at me and they said, how did you know? I said, I didn't know. I said, how do you think God feels when you're loving on him one day and you've given your heart to something else the next day? Do you understand? He loves you. And don't ever come to me and tell me, I don't think God loves me. Because what I'm going to do is point you to Calvary's cross and tell you that is the greatest expression of love you've ever been shown in your entire life. He commended his love toward us and that Christ died for us while we were still sinners. So as we enter this new year, we're going to have to die to live. There's some things we got to let go of, some things we've got to put behind us. Well, you see, I've got, I, I love God, but there's this one person that did this to me and I've never been able to forgive them and I, I carry that with me. I wish I'd have brought a hammer and a chisel in here today because I can hear it in my ear. God's saying, let, let me at that. See there's something you need to understand about God. What you can't do for yourself, God can do for you. (laughs) I was stuck under my house, just bought this place, had to replumb it. Father-in-law's over at the house one day and I'm crawling around underneath there and he looks at me, man, I am, I am covered with dirt and dust and grime. And he looks at me and he says, how about preaching for me tonight? I wanted to look at him and say, for real? Are you kidding? Do you not see what I'm going through? But I was stuck. <laughs> I was underneath that. He saw those two buys I was getting ready to go through. And he said, you're going underneath there? I said, yeah. He said, I don't think so. I said, yeah, I've got to, and I managed to get myself in, but I couldn't get myself out. It's amazing what we can get ourselves into that we can't get ourselves out of. And so I stretched my hand up out of that floor Joyce, and I said, dad, pull on me. He said, what? I said, pull on me. I can't get out of here. He, Debbie's dad's a big guy. I mean, he took, the, he took an engine that fell out of a, the back of a pickup truck. He picked the engine up and carried it and set it back in the pickup truck. You're talking about probably something that weighed between four and five hundred pounds and he grabbed it up and just picked it up and carried and walked over and set it down. I said, pull on me. He could have dislocated my arm, he could have ripped it out of joint, he was big enough he could have done that but I trusted the hands that I was committing myself to. I just need some help getting out of this mess I got myself in. Could you give me a hand? And He got up over me and he started pulling and I'll never forget he started laughing and I'm. I'm thinking what are you laughing about I'm stuck but he knew he was going to get me out (laughs) he could laugh because he knew I wasn't stuck for long he knew he'd get me out so he could have fun in the process if if, if you could understand that he can get you out (laughs) you don't have to sweat the process you can enjoy the journey in the middle of him getting you out grabbed hold of me and he started pulling and started laughing he said I feel like I'm skinning a rabbit (laughs) he got me out and I'd committed to him that I would speak that day my day had been filled with just all kinds of stuff going on I, I remember driving I had needed one more part and I remember driving to town to get that part, and I knew I had to preach in just a couple hours. And I said, God — and this was before, you know, this was before Rod Parsley and all this stuff — I said, God, please give me just a crumb. And God spoke to me in that car and said, you want a crumb, son? Let me tell you what a crumb can do. God is my witness. This is what I started hearing in my head. And he said, there was a lady that came to me one time and said, even dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. (laughs) A crumb from the master's table is enough to whip any devil you're (laughs) facing. A crumb from heaven's kitchen can take care of your biggest problems but he doesn't want to give you just a crumb he wants to give you all of him in exchange for all of you how about raising your hands and let him get to work right now Come on, just raise those hands. Let's take a moment. Let's let's take a moment. This isn't always about me laying hands on you. This is about letting God chisel you. Open your heart to him and just begin to talk to him for a few moments. We've got time. We don't do the church, but once a week. We don't have to be in a hurry to get out of here. Let God speak to your heart let him chisel out what's wrong you don't need someone to tell you what's wrong with you you know what's wrong but did you hear what god said to him you keep seeing yourself that way you need to see yourself the way that i made you you are an original masterpiece you may have some stuff going on but his chisel will take care of that you're an original you're worth something A masterpiece. Come on, sing it.
1: In every season, your grace has been enough, and I believe it. Let him chisel. The best is yet to come. Let him chisel the cross before me. I hope on things above And in you, Jesus, the best is yet to come
0: to you say pastor what are you talking about come on man you ever gone to prayer and you asked God to do something and all of a sudden you can't explain it but you feel like something's happened you know that down in your heart something, there wasn't any flash of lightning or a clap of thunder but you know something just happened why don't you give him some praise for it now come on give him some praise for it now now check this out check this out when I was in Russia and I was in the Hermitage, they had originals of Rembrandt, originals. They wouldn't even let you take a picture with a flash because they didn't want to damage it. They were afraid of the damage. An original of Rembrandt is worth millions and there are yet there are some originals that are priceless. Are you getting it? Yeah you're an original oh come on you need to say it say it with me i I am an original original masterpiece masterpiece. Not, not an original crumb i am an original masterpiece you're not getting out of here until i hear it i say it with me i'm an original masterpiece now check this out rembrandt didn't paint me Van Gogh didn't paint me, Picasso didn't do me, but God himself, Jehovah Jireh, El Shaddai, Elohim, the Almighty has painted my life, an original. You walk around now, hold it, hold it, hold it, it. you walk around now and act like an original. You You know how an original acts? An original doesn't act like this. That's a poor copy. That's a bad imitation. That's a forgery. Bless God. An original walks like this. How you doing today? Isn't God good? An original walks bringing worth to you because they have worth in themselves. That my friend is an original Masterpiece. So this is what we're going to do at the close of this service today. I want you to take time To declare God's authority Over your life For a new year for this new year you're going to make a declaration just like well, what's a declaration? It's kind of like this Somebody's out in your yard Digging it up with a shovel. I Mean they didn't ask permission. They just get in your yard and start digging up a shovel. And I don't care who you are You can be a 215 pound man or a 95 pound woman. The response is the same. You open the door up and you say, get out of my yard. You make a declaration. You better get out of my yard. You better quit digging up my yard. Get out of my yard now before I call the law. What's your point? My point's this. Why would you let the devil come in And just dig potholes all through your life when you my friend are an original masterpiece it's time for you to make a declaration and say get out of my yard get out of my life get out of my mind because if you don't I'm getting ready to tell God on you and when he shows up he shows out Are you ready? So you're going, wait a minute. I know you're excited. Hang on. You're going to declare God's authority over your life for this new year. And I, look, isn't it right for us to shout it from the bottom of our heart and from the top of our voice? I am yours. Are you ready? Get ready. You can get loud now. On the count of three. One, two. Three, I am
1: yours! Come on, Yeah! Yeah! I, yeah. The yeah. Back. Name, I see a My God made me a prophet and a hey, hey, hey,
0: hey. So look, if you need prayer, you're you're free to go. You're free to dismiss. You're, I mean, you're dismissed, but if, if you need prayer, I want you to hang out a minute. Because I made up my mind, I am not going to rush God. If if you've got to go, feel free to go. I understand that. But if you've got a need, I want you to hang out here for a second. Come up to the front. I want some prayer partners come up here with me to help me out. The Lord bless you and keep you and make his face smile upon you. And know this, that the new year... The best is still yet to come. So if you want prayer, come on in here. Real close. Ready? Come on. Stretch your hands up to heaven. Look at me just a second. You know, I don't want you to, don't misunderstand what I'm going to say. But it's like, this is what I hear that she's not even supposed to be here right now. And what I mean by that is this, is that there were a lot of there were a lot of forces in play that were trying to keep you from getting where you're at right now. And God said, But I'm not, I'm the one that got her here, and I'm gonna get her where I promised her. I want you to stretch your hands to heaven. It's like walls coming in like this. And this is what I hear. She's been desperate. I want you to tell her that her breakthrough is on the way. It's already packed up. The vehicle's in motion. And it's headed to her house. Stretch your hands to heaven with me. when they were when they were battling in the Middle East and there there was uh, there, there were battles that were taking place at the very beginning in Iraq they said that they could tell by the fierceness of the fighting that they had hit a stronghold where there were higher ups and they were trying to defend against it the reason it's so intense is because the devil knows that you are at that point of authority. You're at that point look You're at a point in your life where you can declare a thing and he wants to try and take that from you So you have to make up your mind here and now He's not taking this I am the Lord's Shouted, I am come on. I am the the Lord's. If you believe that, stretch your hands to heaven with me right now. Don't think things hurt so much. Just learn how to walk.